It's time to roll up our sleeves and get to work. This is episode three of Up and to the Right for 2017. Revenue drives expense. Three words that sound pretty simple on the surface, but a principle that business owners fail to keep in mind every single day. Welcome to Up and to the Right, the no-nonsense podcast bringing you the art and science of business. No buzzwords and no hyped up trends. Here we build on your small business passion with sound business principles to transform your business into what you dreamt it would be when you started or realize the potential you see in it today. And this episode of Up and to the Right is brought to you by Audible. They're offering our listeners a 30-day trial along with a free audiobook of your choice just by going to audibletrial.com forward slash up and to the right. Early in my career, I made a purchase proposal to my boss for some equipment. I don't remember where we were, and I don't really remember what equipment we were looking at or what I wanted to get, Um, and I don't remember the details of the discussion. I don't remember anything else he said, but revenue drives expense stuck in my mind. I do remember feeling like I got kicked in the gut. It seemed like I should have known that, and I wasn't going to get what I wanted. (laughs) So... uh, Two things that I took away from that discussion were obviously that revenue drives expense, which is main topic today, and that what I asked for wasn't what I needed, it was what I wanted. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about both of those things today. And the first thing I want to talk about is separating wants and needs in business because it can be really tricky. Uh, What I like to do is define a need as an expense that's been narrowed down to its most essential core. And then you take it and you ask, does it add direct value to the business? And that it doesn't have any frills that do not add direct value to your business. So a want is, in in, uh, contrast to that, a want is an item that adds indirect value or that is an improved version of something that adds direct value. So um, dual monitor computers. Uh, I've gone through some periods of liking to have dual monitor computers. Um, I've gotten away from that more recently, um, and maybe I'll do a a podcast on why I don't do dual monitor computers anymore. Um, But yes, I, I will guarantee you that in many ways they can make you more productive than a single monitor for your computer. However, it's an incremental adjustment to value, not a transformational adjustment to value. So yes, it's it's probably more productive, but if you don't have the money, then it's not really a great idea. Um, A super ergonomic desk chair. Now, I'm not going to make the argument that everybody should be uncomfortable or that we should all have bad backs because we have cheap chairs. But when you're running a small business, you have to make a decision about whether uh, you need uh, 20 desk chairs that work and your employees have to get up every now and then and walk around, which they should probably be doing anyway. In fact, as as I record this podcast, I'm at a stand-up desk uh, for that exact reason. But... The point is that uh, affording uh, 20 $100 chairs might be a lot easier 
for a small business to absorb than $2,700 chairs. And you do have to make those choices when you're running a small business. That's just part of the facts of life. Now, I don't want to say, uh, and I guess I should reiterate, that I think that many wants are important. Having, a, for example, the standing desk I'm standing at is a little more expensive than a sitting down desk, but the marginal improvement is worth it to me. And at the time that I bought it, we had the money to do it, so that's great. Um, the dual monitors, like I said, the standing desk, an ergonomic chair, better coffee, um, these things can that can uh, improve your the quality of your environment. They can have productivity improvements in terms of, uh, for example, the dual pro monitor, the dual monitor systems. Uh, uh, some people might make a Mac to VC to PC argument one way or the other uh, about productivity. Um, not getting into the larger debate here, but um, certainly, you know, uh, seven to ten years ago, if you were doing photography and video, I would have uh, definitely said a Mac was a better choice. Um, I think a lot of things have have improved on the Windows side in the last few years, so you know maybe it's more competitive now. Um, you may have employee attraction and retention benefits, uh, good coffee, napping pad, nap, napping pods. I think that, I, I think I heard that Google has those, um, better health and retirement benefits. All of those things can be valuable, but again, they're not part of your core business. You can have branding advantages, a better website, uh, higher quality business cards, um, you know, it, it, if you hand somebody a business card that you printed yourself on your printer, it will have a certain look and feel. And I guarantee you, people will know that you printed it on your printer. If you hand them a card from Moo, and they are not a sponsor, but they should be, um, because they do make the best business cards ever. Um, uh, if, if you get a, hand them a card from Moo, uh, they are going to get a different look and feel and a different experience. But is that difference worth it to your business? And it may or may not be depending on where you are financially. And it is better to have a business card you printed and still be in business than have top of the line everything and not be able to make uh, payroll. So that's a, a critical important thing um, in, in terms of uh, getting back to, you know, revenue drives expense. And so as nice as these things are, as nice as these wants are, they make what I call incremental improvements, not transformational ones. And I talked about that a little earlier. And that's key when you're managing your cash. And so they don't directly add value to the core product that you deliver to your customers. And you have to make those decisions. All those years ago when my boss said revenue drives expense, I have over the time between then and now discovered that I think it's more accurate to say operating profit drives expense. Because if your revenue is high but your costs are already high and you're not making any operating profit, this is not the time to add expense. So look at your operating profit. And you might uh, recall that we did that just last episode when we looked at hiring people. It's operating profit, operating profit, operating profit that we look at. So 
Getting back to operating profit, if it's there to support the expense, then a want is less of an issue. And I believe that work should be great. I think everybody should have uh, a a comfortable work environment. Uh, Let's face it, we spend a ton of time working. We spend a lot of time in our work environments. The better we can make those, the more comfortable and the more productive that we can make those, the better. It's an improvement on our quality of life, makes us feel good about coming to work, but running a small business means making some hard choices. So operating profit comes first. And we have to be careful of the siren song of spending. And there's a few examples of this from society, and I'm sure you've heard them. Uh, Things like from the field of dreams, if you build it, they will come. Or the quote, if you build a better mousetrap, the world will beat a path to your door. Or, or this one's really good, you have to spend money to make money. And a marketer's favorite, it will pay for itself. And you've all heard, act now and save, or buy more, save more. The fact of the matter is, they are all lies. What they should have said is, or, or how you have to interpret them as a small business owner is, if you build it, they will come after you pull them kicking and screaming all the way. Or if you build a better mousetrap, the world will really not care very much until some influential early adopters have tried it out and said it was cool on TechCrunch. You have to spend money so someone else can make money. Nothing pays for itself. Nothing. Your increased productivity will not necessarily translate into increased revenue and certainly not immediately. This whole act now and save, acting now is preying on your impulse rather than catering to your reasoned decision-making. Saving 10% on a purchase you don't need, that is not a bargain. Buy more, save more? No. Buy more means you spent more. That's all. So get all of that stuff out of your head. If somebody's using those lines on you, they are trying to sell you something, and you need to make sure that you need that product or service and that it's really going to add value. Don't get caught in the traps of the siren songs of selling. So in the end, you will have to spend money if you're going to operate a business, and I'm not saying you're not going to have to. But when we incur a new new expense, we have to be willing and understand how we're going to pay for it. And, and it's very important not to fall into the trap of if we buy this or we, we, we spend money on this advertisement or we hire this salesperson, we're all of a sudden going to have the revenue to pay for it. That the math doesn't work that way. It never has. It's never going to. That's just not the way it works. So operating profit drives expense. And if you keep that in mind, you'll avoid a lot of problems that uh, a lot of business owners don't. So what are some practical ways to ensure that we look at operating profit first and use that to drive our expense? Well, the first thing to do is make the most of what you have. Um, Identify gaps in the product that you deliver and then decide if those gaps are caused by your tools or resources or equipment or whatever And then if they are, 
If they aren't, then you need to find out what those sources of the, the sources of those gaps are and correct them. It could be a design flaw. It could be, uh, um, you know, a material issue. Um, and, and so you have to get those corrected. But if it's not, if it is something that uh, is, is short because you don't have the equipment, then you can see, are there different ways to use the resources you already have? Are there workarounds? Um, I could almost guarantee that unless you're in a very niche business, there's probably somebody else out there with the same problem that you have. It might not be, they might not be delivering the exact same product, but they might have the same problem with the equipment that you do that supports their own production process. And it's very likely that they've published it somewhere. And YouTube is a fantastic resource for this because people YouTube all kinds of crazy workarounds um, for stuff that they uh, have found solutions for. And so really dig into the equipment that you already own uh, before you push out to go get new shiny things. Um, you know, I, I've talked about this before. For the videos that we shoot, uh, at beyond 50%, I use a 5D Mark II. It's a good camera. It's pretty old now. Um, doesn't shoot 4K. The focus is a little soft. The low light performance isn't great, but it does shoot 1080p. It works, and I know how to use it. So uh, when I look at it, I say, okay, yeah, would I really like to have uh, a Sony a7R II? Sure. And at some point, uh, we'll uh, build an upgrade plan, and we'll we'll do that. But for now, I'm making decent video with the equipment that I have, and I have had to do some research to get it to work a little better. The um, uh, you may not be familiar with this, but I'll just give you this example. There is a, um, a firmware modification uh, called Magic Lantern. And they do this for several camera types, uh, quite a few actually. And the 5D Mark II is one of them. And what it does is it provides a lot of video, uh, video shooting features in camera that the native firmware doesn't have. And so when I, when I was shooting video at first, uh, there were a lot of things like focus and uh, stuff like that that was very difficult to get right uh, with the native firmware software. Uh, or firmware. And so I did some research, found Magic Lantern, and now uh, I use that every time I shoot video. So uh, that's an example of, you know, using the most, getting the most out of what you already have. And so the second thing I would look at is don't plan expenses on the calendar. Plan them on business results. So for example, go back to the camera example, uh, the don't part of this, oh, I'll get a new camera next quarter. The assumption in your brain is that you will have income to pay for it because you haven't spent whatever income you've got coming in. And so in your mind, you can assign it to the camera when it really still needs to go to rent and water and power. But your brain doesn't necessarily work that way. But what you can do is say, I'll get a new camera when and put a set of business criteria that can be met. A, the existing camera really breaks beyond the point of repair or duct tape, or 
when 4K content delivery becomes common on the internet, or when there's competitive pressure in my market, or when operating profit is $3,000 a month greater than last year, or some other uh, uh, financial number that gives you the um, uh, cash to do what you need to do without negatively impacting your business. So that's the second thing you do. Uh, don't plan base, based on the calendar, plan based on business results. And then one of the, la the last thing I want to talk about is implementing a 24-hour waiting period. When you see something cool like the, the new uh, A7R2 or a new standing desk or something, and let's just use the standing desk as an example. Uh, if, you, if you do any research, they're going to claim that they give you 10% uh, more productivity. And I have no idea how they really measured that, but that's uh, a claim that I've seen a couple of times. And, and, it, and I'm not disputing it, but the argument in your mind now is that it will pay for itself in, let's say, seven months, and I'll lose weight and have better circulation in my legs. It's, it's a no-brainer, right? Now you're excited and you're ready to hit the buy button. Stop. Wait 24 hours and let the excitement cool down. If you need it for your business, 24 hours is not going to make any difference at all for most applications. And so now that you're at least have had that cool down period, are you still excited about standing up? Now, in my case, I, I would suggest that you at least give it a try. Um, but are there alternatives? And do you have the money? Have you tried stacking a bunch of books and putting your laptop on top of your regular desk so that you can... Um, mimic the, the experience, at least to some degree. Uh, when I first got my standing desk, I, um, it was uh, an awkward transition. And now um, I literally have to remember to put my desk back down so I'm not standing all day, um, which uh, can be uh, not, as, not good for you either. So I have to make sure I alternate. But the point is, have you looked at alternatives and have you done a financial analysis to make sure that you have the money? Uh, hitting that buy button when you're excited is, uh, might be very gratifying in the moment, but it can put you at risk in the long term for spending money you really don't have. Um, and maybe someday I'll do a podcast about this, but there's the risk of spending money twice. And I, I don't know if anybody's ever done that, but uh, I, I would hazard a guess that I am not the only person who's experienced spending the same money twice in my brain. Um, so when, you, when we look at this, the operating profit drives expense. And we want to, the, so how do we do that? Well, we want to separate our wants and our needs. And we talked about how to do that. And we want to watch out for the siren songs of spending. And we want to make the most of what we have and then we want to plan expenses by business results instead of by the calendar and then implement a 24-hour waiting period. If you follow those five items, you are going to have a much better, a much more responsible uh, spending plan for your business. Do you have any ideas about uh, spending that you've experienced? Any good hints on how to uh, make really rational business decisions? Uh, leave them in the comments at uh, beyond50percent.com forward slash 2017E03. This week in the reading room, I want to talk about The Do-Over by John Acuff. Do-Over describes uh, a few things, the four elements of a great career, relationships, skills, character, and hustle. 
And he talks about the concept of uh, his trademarked uh, career savings account, which uh, incorporates some of those four characteristics, as well as um, how to build up a career savings account for times when you need to do a do-over. And then he talks about freeing yourself when you find yourself stuck, recovering from a career bump, uh, which is basically an unexpected job loss, making the most of a career jump into a new role, and identifying and, and capitalizing on career opportunities. And the shorthand for me, some of the really good takeaways was um, really invest in relationships because, and, and this is not a, a usury investment in relationships, uh, tit for tat. It is, this is a genuine relationship investment. Uh, and the reason you do it is, is because you never know how those connections are going to influence your future. And so build on your relationships. And uh, then the next thing was hone your skills. Always, always be honing your skills. Build your character and stick to it. And uh, the last thing, hustle kind of has a uh, uh, negative connotations to it, but John Acuff's hustle is about putting effort into, into work that matters. And I think that's, that's very key. Um, if you're not familiar with John Acuff's work, uh, he's fun to listen to. He, he uh, narrates the books himself. Um, they're entertaining, they're inspiring, and they're very practical. So I highly recommend that. And for listeners for the, of the Up and to the Right podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a, th- a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. To download your free copy of Do Over or another audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash up and to the right. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash up and to the right for your free audiobook. Thanks for listening. The Up and to the Right podcast is released each week, so subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or TuneIn. Please help us help more small businesses by leaving a positive review wherever you listen to our podcast. Like you, we're always working to have a more profound impact, so if there's something we can do better, please email us at fix.it at b50p.com. For more helpful ways to improve the performance of your small business, please visit us at beyond50percent.com. Let's roll up our sleeves and get to work.